0: And in the studio for Lancer Live is Dr. Jeffrey Haas. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John. All right. I'm going to leave it to you to introduce your guests today. It's all yours.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, today, I'm really excited to have in the studio, we have uh, our John Hansen, our Director of Development uh, with Eastern Wyoming College, and a special guest today. Uh, we have Lauren Schoenfield, who is the Whip director here for the state of Wyoming. And if you have a question of what WIP is, uh, we're going to answer that in the next 15 or 20 minutes. And Lauren, could you please say hello?
2: Yes. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here this
1: morning. Well, thank you, Lauren and uh, and John. Of course, if you could say a quick hi as well, it's good
0: to hear and see. I guess not see everyone, but hear everyone this morning. So good morning. Yes,
1: and and it's an early Monday morning. (laughs) It is an early Monday morning. Yes. So I to start off, Lauren, um, John, and I really want to have a chance because we've had a pleasure of working with you over this past year on on some concepts that are. That are statewide driven from the governor's office, and that is this thing we call WIP. Could you talk about that acronym? And let's first define it. And can you talk a little bit about what the WIP initiative is?
2: Absolutely. So, the WIP initiative is the Wyoming Innovation Partnership, and really, um, it, it's a collaboration to align education, workforce development, and industry to support Wyoming's economic development needs. And so really it's a collaboration between all of the um, community colleges, the University of Wyoming, the Wyoming Business Council, and Workforce Services um, across the state to really hone in on um, what our industries and our workforce development uh, needs are um, and, and align ourselves to support those needs, um, which in turn supports economic development and diversification across the state. So, I mean, it's very much a collaboration, um, and like you said, it was driven by the governor. Governor Gordon rolled it out in um, November of 2021, Um, and so we've been working on this collaboration and this partnership um, in standing up these programs across the state.
1: Thank you. And when you think about the WIP initiative, um, as a college, we are about innovation, Um, We have transfer programs and career programs where eventually these individuals that are in our classrooms today will one day be entering the workforce, and our connection to that is significant. And so this last year, we've worked on a number of projects, And, and John, I'd like to turn it over to you to literally chat with Lauren about some of the things that we've worked through.
0: Yeah, thank you, Dr. Haas. Yeah, you know, as a college, we certainly have really been stepping up to the kind of innovation side. You know, one of our big pushes is healthcare. We have a great partnership with Banner Health. And uh, through WIP, you know, we're going to be able to train some medical um, assistants and and also some aides. And so one of the neat things about that, that WIP project is a mobile lab, a lab that will be able to, you know, serve all of our communities. We serve all the way to the Montana border. And so if you're thinking about um, your kids want to become a CNA or they want, you know, to get their foot in the door for nursing and, and also medical assisting, um, this lab will be able to do that. And so I think to me, um, and I'm sure Lauren can talk about some of the other projects, but to me, that's just one of them. We have three that, that I'll talk about, but enabled to take, I guess, the the WIP funding and and look at those things and bring training, workforce development to all of our small towns and communities it it's just is um i think it's an amazing way uh to really reinvest locally thank you
1: and i think that's a great point is you're identifying one of several areas that we we will be engaged in the wyoming innovation project and pro- or program and lauren could you talk about the scope of the whole whip initiative and what are the types of projects that the governor is directly funding not only EWC but other community colleges and strongly working with the University of Wyoming across this entire state?
2: Absolutely. So um, I kinda, I'd kind of i like to talk just a little bit about the different areas that um, we've been funding. Um, and so for the first year, um, which we call Phase 1, um, we have our consortial infrastructure, which is our basic um infrastructure that is necessary for us to provide that collaboration across the state um, there's some pretty cool programs within that um of course sharing platform that's going to enable our community colleges and university to share um, education um across um, it, this platform online Um, to the betterment of all of our students across the entire state. Um, We also have a virtual reality component, um, which allows different um, things to be trained through these VR technologies um, across the state. We have digital infrastructure and technology, um, including our school of computing, some blockchain, um, software development components, our energy. Um, We also have entrepreneurship, healthcare, and tourism and hospitality. So those were the components that the governor felt very passionately about um, building on um, and they actually were identified through the endow initiative as an area that we needed to invest in our state and so um, as we move into phase two we will also be adding agriculture workforce development and manufacturing to those component areas um, that we will be funding across the state so um, you know i think it's pretty exciting and um, Eastern Wyoming Community College um, has an agriculture program uh, for phase two as well, on top of the healthcare, which really leads into you know what your community needs are um, and the development of the workforce that's specific to your area of the state. Um, and you know that looks different for every community college uh, or community college um, because you know that we're all able to serve the region that we and those are different um, economic impacts um, throughout the state. So I think it's a very exciting program having these different components and being able to see what the needs are um, and be able to help with that.
0: And, and Lauren, if you would just share with some of the listeners kind of your background, you know, um, and even being a county commissioner, but wrap that together because I think that's one of the real gems is that you can actually talk workforce, you understand government workings, and then you actually come from industry. So. If you just want to give them the short Lauren bio,
2: that would be wonderful. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I actually grew up in southwest Wyoming um, uh, from Farson, which is a small town of about 400 people. And so I fully understand Wyoming lifestyle. Um, And then I I actually came from a background in law enforcement um, and probation and parole. So I understand that side, the government side of that. Um, I I ran a nonprofit um, in Sweetwater County for about six years. And um, so, understanding that side as well, and pulling um, collaborations together, I am currently a county commissioner in Sweetwater County as well. Um, and I um, I worked at Simplot, so JR Simplot Company, which is a private agriculture and manufacturing um, company um, here in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And so, I have I've had the opportunity to kind of dabble in a lot of different areas. Which I think has been an interesting mix of being able to pull all of these different collaborators together, um, you know, while still working with our legislators and understanding, um, you know, what we need to do to pull things together for the state as a whole, um, but also understanding the different um, areas and pockets um, that we have throughout this collaboration and and what that might look like.
1: That is excellent. And when you think about bringing some of those experiences to this role. And what you just said is significant because as, as a college we need to make sure that what we do, especially in our career and technical fields, are based on where our industry needs are. And you mentioned earlier three phases to whip. So phase one, uh, I would like to point out when you, you did a very good job, I think, identifying that community colleges um, really need to meet the needs of their local community. And in phase one, um, really a good chunk of that first phase one funding for the community college piece went to a uh, alignment program uh, at Western Wyoming College, uh, Community College. And I think that is a, um, could you talk a little bit about just that particular program, and because it's almost a statewide initiative, that if if a, if an individual here in in Goshen County says I would like to become a lineman and and work for those that particular sector in the energy sector, uh, they ultimately that is a program they can go to, and potentially course sharing and some other things may even create that opportunity. Even though the programs housed at Western, they could very well take a class right here in in, in Goshen County. Um, even though we're still working on those pieces, could you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the power line technology program is a is a really good um, example of industry need and industry support. And so um, when you when you look at uh, power line technicians, um, they don't we didn't have an education program in the state of Wyoming. And so when you when you think about Rocky Mountain Power and all of our cell phone providers and our Internet providers and those folks that are putting that infrastructure across the state um, and keeping it up um, during our lovely snowstorms and everything else, um, but that we didn't have anybody being trained in Wyoming um, because we didn't have that program. Um, and it's hard for some of these programs because they're high-wage um, jobs and they're high demand jobs, and so it's also very difficult to find a faculty member um, who would be willing to leave that career and and come be a teacher, often making less money. But I, I think it's it's the fulfillment end of that. However, we were trying to recruit students from Idaho because that's where the closest um, power line technology um, program was, and it is a private program. And Western Wyoming Community College partnered with many of those industries. Um, who invested money and time and equipment and getting things set up. They have uh, poles set up for the Power Lines program um, students to climb. And they actually, so they started with seven students the first year, um, and they have a waiting list now for the second year of this program. And these students that just graduated, gosh, I believe it was a week and a half ago, um, they, they actually already they have jobs in industry right here um, in, in Wyoming. Um, And we like to be able to provide our students in Wyoming with the opportunity to stay in Wyoming and make great money um, while they do it. And so this was a great opportunity to do that. It was a great partnership with our industry, and it was a great way to feed um, and fill a need that we saw, a workforce need, um, that was being identified by our industry and providing the students in Wyoming the opportunity to stay in Wyoming, get their education, and then Go directly into a high-paying, um, high-demand job. So I think that that you know that's kind of a good, uh, good yes. summary of that program. And I, I think that we're we're going to see a lot of those programs across the state. Um, it's pretty exciting.
0: You know, and I think that's one of the geniuses of WIP is that looking at this course sharing. And I know Dr. Haas's philosophy for us as a community college is that we're able to extend kind of the infrastructure of the entire community college system, the University of Wyoming. So that students actually have a, an easier choice, okay, I want to take this class, but i'm not I'm not you know co-located in that area. I think the powerline program is an excellent example of that. Lauren, could you talk a little bit about um the the funding for WIP? I know that in the genesis of it it's the ARPA funds, which are the American Rescue plan act and i I think it's something that Wyoming and I should be collectively uh happy about is that when we look at what other states have done with their ARPA funding. Um, here really looks like a very thoughtful effort to tie workforce, education together, industry, and actually create some lasting systemic change. So if you would just talk a little bit about that, that'd be wonderful.
2: Absolutely. So the governor um, was very passionate about this program. Um, And so he actually allotted $27.5 million for Phase 1, $27.5 million for Phase 2. And we're currently looking at how we want to move forward with phase three. Um, phase two will roll out at the beginning of July, and so it really it does come back to having that um, those ARPA funds available to fund other areas. These actually are state funds. Oh, these that are were state funds. By okay. the legislature. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that was enabled to be utilized in this manner because we had additional funding in other areas from ARPA funds. And so these, these funds were state funds. Um, our legislature was very thoughtful about some of the um, footnotes that they put into the budget in ensuring that we had you know, some strongholds and some we had our metrics that we were going to be measuring and that our governor, was you know, he, um, they enabled him to be able to make the decision around the funding um, regarding what programs would be funded and how administratively it would be set up. And so really, I think it's this this has also been a great collaboration at the state level, um, for our legislators and our government and our governor, um, have done a great job of, of being very thoughtful about investing this money, um, and, and really looking at where we can make the biggest impacts, um, and like you said, the long-term systemic change in pulling collaborations together, recognizing where we can potentially find efficiencies, um, and utilizing those, um, Forever, hopefully, uh, won't just be during the time that we're able to have this funding, um, but really pulling the structure together, um, I think, is, is very important. And then I also just want to talk really briefly too about the metrics that we have um, in ensuring that we will have a return on investment on these dollars, and that we really can understand, you know, where our where our money went and where it did make an impact. And so that means that we can strategically reinvest as necessary um, in in areas that we're being successful. And we have metrics and outcomes to track that. And so I think that's something that's really important as well with my role is putting those structures in place so that we can measure the work that everyone is doing across the state collaboratively um, and and really measuring that return on investment for the people of Wyoming.
1: So as a college, we're also committed to the fact We are here to help provide opportunity for um, people looking for, they may be fresh out of high school, looking for an opportunity in one of these particular areas that we mentioned, uh, that you mentioned earlier in the program, uh, that we can offer at our college. Um, But we're also committed to helping support your metrics by ensuring that we're tracking and and. Identifying just like Western has with the lineman program, uh, you know, the number of graduates, and and some there will be a day we will be able to look back and determine the economic impact uh, that that you know bringing those those high wage, high skilled jobs um, in Wyoming, but conducting the training here. I mean, the jobs are already here in many of these areas. We just have to make sure that you know again we have the proper uh, potential to train our our individuals locally um, versus having individuals with those skills from outside the state be recruited into our state. So there's a lot of layers to this. And one thing I'd like to ask you as well, Lauren. So in phase two, we uh, the college, um, EWC received a number, and actually this question is either for, maybe start with John and then Lauren, if you wanna share some thoughts at the end. When we talk about innovation, Eastern Wyoming College, uh, we already mentioned uh, in an earlier program and earlier even in this program that we have received uh, funding in phase two for three initiatives, and uh, John Hanson already referred to the health care grant. We have received uh, a very sizable investment in our agriculture uh, programs and an agriculture grant. But there's a third one, which is a new phase of whip uh in phase two, which is the tourism piece and John, could you talk a little bit about what uh you had the opportunity to draft in this, you know in this grant and talk a little bit too with Lauren about uh you know the work that you did together, helping finalize uh what I think is going to be a very innovative uh grant? providing an opportunity to highlight something that's very unique to our region
0: yeah so um you know our partnership is with uh shaps and um you look at sunrise mine and and so you know the smithsonian just came out and i guess this past summer and they rated it as kind of the oldest mine that discovered in north america and so it, i think if you look at kind of historic prehistoric humans have been coming down this valley um, you know, for the last 20,000 years. And so, um, just outside of, you know, Guernsey up there by Hartville, Sunrise Mine, it, it is an amazing treasure for us to help develop. And so, you know, that's what I see about WIP is it really provides startup funding. And so if, you, if you're thinking about how, how are we going to get uh, to critical mass and get these things moving, and there's been a large collection effort in the community, um, but this is really going to give a chance for us to be able to hire in expertise, you know, archaeology, anthropology. And and I think it's a perfect example of how when you interlace uh, in an industry with education that there's just uh, a multitude of opportunities. And so, um, you know, the basis of the grant is really education-based tourism. And so uh, if, if you look at some of the national research, uh, families, um, people are just really looking for that learning experience, that learning opportunity. They want to know more about the past. How did we end up here? And so um, we see that the WIP will allow to do that. And, and at the end goal of that is to set up a field school. And that field school will be able to you know, educate high school kids from across the the state. And we even have people from around the world. And so it's just, I, I think it's that, like uh, WIP really creates a tipping point. And of course, Lauren, you could talk about that in other things, but I, that's what I see it as, is that here's this injection of startup capital and then it allows us to do things and develop things. And, and, you know, we're going to be able to do a world-class event here. Um, and so it's just, it's excellent.
1: So, Lauren, if you could just share just a couple of thoughts as we prepare to close out this week of Lancer Live. As is, is you think about the work that you've had, you've had an opportunity. I mean, I've, I've been at the table with you for a number of meetings this year. And you worked with each college on helping Uh, Not only identify um, concepts that are innovative, but how we need to develop strong partnerships with the University of Wyoming, with our industry sector. Uh, Could you talk about that just a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the tourism um, component actually is a great spinoff of looking at tourism as a significant driver for economic development. Um, And that's across the nation, but it's the number two economic driver in the state of Wyoming. Um, And so looking at that and it makes a lot of sense to invest in in that area. Um, And I think that when we look at different areas, uh, I'm going to take manufacturing, for example, because we all have different, each community has a different need regarding manufacturing. And um, when I received these two applications, um, there were some areas that I recognized that Potentially could work together, but they didn't know that they could work together and collaborate. And so, in their their um, within their college and within their college district, they had already partnered and collaborated with um, industry. And so, there were some individual colleges that had they had done the collaboration, they'd done the partnership. But really, in looking at innovation and research, and how do we pull the University of Wyoming into that, and how do we build these um, applications together? We did, um, we did go back to the table, and we did look at where we could pull some of these areas together, um, again, find efficiencies, potentially set up programs that can be shared, similarly to a computer or a software development program that was started up in Sheridan. It's now um, it's a two-by-two two, two, by two um, program, and so two years at the community college and then two years at the university. The university is in the process of standing up the second two years. Um, Sheridan College has gotten the first two years accredited, and we have some other colleges, Western Wyoming Community College um, is working on getting their first two years of that same program accredited, and they will be utilizing that course-sharing program. And so really looking at those collaborations <clears throat> and understanding that those don't that extensive of collaboration doesn't necessarily have to happen, but that really is the ultimate goal um, of the Wyoming Innovation Partnership is to collaborate in a method like that. Um, and so, really looking at how do we pull the needs across the state? How do we collaborate and build on that? And how do we utilize each other for the success of the programs that we're standing up um, as well in partnership with our industry?
1: Well, I think that is a a, a great a, a great way to help bring our program to a close today because partnerships are going to be significant um, on how we move forward uh, to successfully uh, train that future workforce. And uh, we, as a college, recognize that heavily. Uh, you know, we're not an island, of, um, you know, unto ourselves. At the end of the day, um, we need to partner with our local community. We need to partner um, across the state with, uh, you know, our neighboring colleges and university. Um, and and it's those relationships, um, coupled with what we do, partnering with even external. Universities and colleges for our transfer programs. I mean, how we articulate courses is a is a critical feature. And when it come when when we take a look at uh, skilled trades and career programming or whatever term someone would like to define it as, those partnerships with our industry uh, is the key, and collaboration is the only way we're going to achieve some of the goals that you were talking about today. You know, and and. I I actually want to have you add one more thing. So, I'm I'm going to hit you with one more question before we close this program out today. But I know we have uh you mentioned VR and uh uh AR training and or programming within the community college and university system and again, this is another significant collaboration that started from the very inception of of the initiative led by the governor's office. And this next week, there's, well, maybe it's this week, there's some training that will be going on. I know EWC uh, has five faculty uh, in the area of um, vet tech, mathematics, nursing, I think. Nursing. nursing. Yeah. Uh, now, there's so many, they're all yep. slipping me. But we have five faculty who will be attending training. That's part of, again, this overall initiative, and, and resources will be brought back doing uh, virtual reality and augmented reality as training modules uh, and, uh, you know, training our our faculty in how to utilize those tools in the classroom, and could you talk about that briefly?
2: Absolutely. So I think that the the VR section of um, component of WIP is very exciting to me because it can be utilized in so many different areas, Um, and it's after the initial cost. It's very cost efficient and it's safe for students as well. So um, I think that the healthcare area is an exciting one. I actually think tourism and hospitality could potentially utilize it as well. Um, I think that when you're looking at the energy um, sector, we have um, MSHA and OSHA training that you know, really it's, it's a safe way to utilize that training. I know that there's some CDL programs that we're actually looking at, um, you know, utilizing VR for some training as well. Um, and really just looking overall at what that looks like um, across the state. It can be utilized in so many different areas and so many different sectors to support current business and industry as well. Whether it's a one off training that um, they're utilizing their community colleges um, to train their current employees or whether it's to train um, you know, students that are full-time college students um, that haven't entered the workforce yet. Um, And so I think the other really cool part about the VR um, programming is that there's also the digital infrastructure behind it. And so the programming of these VR programs um, is something that we're looking at through the digital infrastructure and technology um, sector as well. And so really just understanding that that one component, um, as well as the course sharing, is going to impact um, every potentially every student that enters into a college in Wyoming um, for the rest of the time that VR is an applicable um, area to work with. And so I think that that's very exciting as well. Um, the training, actually I think the training was last week and it was very, very well attended. Um, all of the colleges were very excited about um, you know, having their faculty attend and get trained. And so I'm excited to see what um, the VR program and the course sharing program are going to do um, across our state um, in terms of impact. It's 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 going to change the world that we we work in currently um, forever, which is awesome.
1: I would agree, and uh, and I know the faculty that uh, we sent, and so I'm already a week behind the times. <laughs> and uh, but uh, um, the the fact that we've had our staff go down and and they. Agriculture, um, especially with our drone technology, uh, veterinary technology, nursing, especially with healthcare modules <clears throat> that can be taught. Uh, we had a, another faculty in law enforcement uh, involved in this process. Uh, you know, at least in the criminal justice program, looking at all of the types of trainings uh, that they've been looking at that are have already been developed that actually can right. deal with uh, active shooter things we don't want to think about. How do they role play critical situations and in, in, in a safe environment so that uh, um, they can be exposed to types of experiences that you sometimes can't necessarily replace? You know, as a farm boy uh, growing up in Michigan, uh, I worked a lot around uh, products, and if you work in ag, it's a hazardous field. You work in the mining or energy sector, it's a hazardous field Uh, you work with very large equipment we work with uh, um, products that are very hazardous and I haven't seen as much out here but anhydrous ammonia um, is a very volatile product and and in the Midwest it is a significant uh, source of nitrogen but these are things that require significant training and and again that VRAR uh, will, will definitely be a place that we can figure out how do we implement that those safety trainings and safety protocols uh simulating what those light real life situations are like Um, so i appreciate you sharing that so we're going to end this week a lancer live Uh, i I love the conversation um around the governor's initiative because at the end of it it is about innovation it is about partnerships and uh it's it's about leveraging relationships um, to have a positive impact on our local communities and on our state so, with that, um, I would like to just say uh, goodbye to John Hansen and thank you goodbye. for coming in this week and, and Lauren Schoenfield. Um, and everybody have a great week.
0: Thanks, sir.